Hi, and welcome to NANCAST. I'm Jill, your host. As we all know, breastfeeding is the optimal feeding method and human milk, the optimal source of nutrition for neonates and infants. But as NICU nurses, we must ensure that the breast milk we are feeding our babies is safe. How will medications prescribed, illicit, or herbal that the mother is taking impact the breast milk? These questions arise quite often around marijuana. The legalization of marijuana in several U.S. states and Canadian provinces has highlighted confusion regarding the safety of marijuana consumption during pregnancy, including lactation. But research addressing the impact of marijuana use during breastfeeding is limited. As a professional voice of the neonatal nurse, the National Association of Neonatal Nurses recommends women abstain from marijuana consumption during pregnancy and while breastfeeding in a new position statement. In the organization's new position statement, NAM provides both rationale and recommendations nurses can use when working with mothers who use marijuana while breastfeeding. How can we as NICU nurses support breastfeeding mothers who use marijuana while pregnant? It's a great pleasure to welcome Dr. Carol Wallman. Throughout her career, she has focused on applying the available evidence related to perinatal substance use disorders and the impact on the newborn. She has been a leader and member of various task forces and advisory panels and a frequent presenter on the topic. When Colorado legalized marijuana in 2014, she found herself immersed in the challenges of the community perception of the safety of marijuana and the emerging evidence of the potential harm to the developing fetus and newborn. Dr. Carol Wallman is the co-author of NAN's position statement and is joining us to answer our questions that surround marijuana use during pregnancy and while breastfeeding. She will also be giving us tips and recommendations on how to support mothers who use marijuana while breastfeeding. Let's get right into it. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, it's a hot topic that I think a lot of nurses are wondering about. Um, because, you know, we see marijuana becoming more legal in more states, um, and we are finding out more moms are using it, whether they're using it for nausea or they're just, they've just used marijuana for their whole life. Um, is this considered one of the most common illicit drugs used during pregnancy and lactation in the U.S.? Yes, you're right, Jill. It actually is. Um, and the data is anywhere from 35 to 16% of women using marijuana during pregnancy. And what we do know is that there's been a recent increase in use that's correlated with the legalization of marijuana in states. In fact, um, researchers in Michigan just did a study and showed that in Michigan, when they legalized marijuana, that the incidence of use increased as well. They're also finding similar um, use rates in Canada, with their average rate being about three and a half at the lower end uh, percent of use in pregnant women. So we all know what marijuana is, but what's the pharmacology behind it and why is that important to know as NICU nurses? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Marijuana is actually an extract of the leafy cannabis sativa plant. And that plant consists of over 400 different chemical components and 60 pharmacologically active cannabinoids. So these active cannabinoids include Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol. I'm going to say that again. Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol. (laughs) And that's often referred to as Delta-9 THC. 
And then the other one is cannabidiol, which is CBD. The one we're most worried about is the Delta 9 THC because that is the psychoactive component. That's the part of marijuana that causes the psychoactive effects. We also know that the amount of Delta 9 THC in marijuana has significantly increased in the past decades, and it's almost four times higher than it was 20 years ago. That's why we often say it's not your mom's or your dad's marijuana. It's a different strain that we're seeing right now. Additionally, we know that marijuana is lipophilic, and lipophilic means that it's fat-loving. It's stored primarily in the fat or the adipose tissue, in the liver and muscles and spleen, and then it's distributed into the bloodstream. And not to geek out too much, but the Delta 9 THC acts on the type 1, which is the CB1 receptor, and the type 2 CB2 receptors. And these receptors are found throughout the central nervous system and the peripheral tissues. And this is important because the CB1 receptor plays a major role in fetal brain development. So it's concerning to think of this Delta 9 THC, the psychoactive component of the marijuana, acting on the CB1 receptor during that major fetal brain development. So that's why it's so concerning. And we know in general that marijuana consumption can result in mental, physical, toxic effects, and that the effects are inconsistent between different users. So again, thinking of that on the impact of the developing fetal brain is what we're so concerned about. That makes sense. So it, you know, crosses and and affects the brain development, but how does it affect um, maternal breast milk? Does it transfer into the breast milk? Exactly. Remember how we said that it's lipophilic, so fat loving. And then you think of all those great, wonderful fats that we love in the maternal, in the breast milk. So we know that the marijuana, the THC and the psychoactive component does transfer into the, um, the breast milk. However, the data that we have about that is pretty early and limiting um, in the fact that only 30% of medications that are currently marketed have truly been studied in relationship to breastfeeding. Um, And so our ability to predict the exact amount and the exact level in the human milk is limited. However, again, we know that that concentration in the breast milk makes it an ideal ideal environment for the penetration of marijuana due to those fat-loving properties. So you're saying that there's new evidence emerging that marijuana is crossing into breast milk. What is the evidence that they're finding? Do they know how much crosses or how long it stays in the breast milk? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, We do have a few studies that came out recently that talk about the amount of marijuana, uh, the amount of marijuana that crosses into the breast milk, especially measuring that Delta 9 THC component, and then also looking at how long it stays in the breast milk. So one study, it was a small pilot study, and it looked at women taking a specific strain of marijuana from a specific dispensary and then measuring the breast milk for the amount of marijuana in it over time. So the first pilot study showed that um, eight women who were breastfeeding and they were taking a certain type of marijuana from a certain dispensary reported the 
presence of Delta 9 THC in the breast milk at about two and a half of the maternal dose. And this detected a peak concentration one hour after inhaled consumption, but then a very slow recession over time. And I think that's one of the key things to remember is that very slow recession over time. And then that was followed up by another study uh, out of California where 54 women were followed regarding their marijuana use while breastfeeding, and they measured the Delta 9 THC, and they were able to detect Delta 9 THC in 65% of the provided samples for up to six days after the last reported use. So that's one of the key things is we know that it crosses into the breast milk, and we know that it stays there for a long time with a really long half-life, and they were able to calculate a half, half-life half of 27 hours. So you can't really just say, oh, I'm going to use marijuana and then pump and dump, because remember, it was present for six days in 65% of the samples. Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, moms read that, you know, and, oh, I can have a glass of wine or I can have a drink, and they feel, oh, I'll just pump and dump. But, you know, it's important for NICU nurses to understand those studies that are coming out and are emerging that we really don't know how long that THC is going to be lasting in that breast milk. You know, you said one time it was four hours and it was six days in another study. So, you know, that shows that there's not concrete evidence that we can safely say that, yes, pumping and dumping is something that you could do. Exactly. Um, And marijuana has a much longer half-life than alcohol. So that's a really important comparison for people to be aware of as to why we can't just recommend the pump and dump. Whether or not we should be doing that with alcohol is a whole other topic, but I know it does happen with alcohol, but really there's no evidence to support that as a safe um, practice in relationship to the use of marijuana when breastfeeding. It is important to know, too, that you know, there's multiple factors that impact the amount of marijuana that goes from mom into the breast milk, and that includes the dose of the marijuana, the strength that she used, the frequency of use her own metabolism, and then the lipophilic properties of the marijuana and the Delta-9 THC trapping in general. So it's really multifactorial, and that's why it's hard for us, and we really can't predict, oh, this mom used this type of marijuana at this time, and so there's going to be this this much THC in the baby at that time. We don't have that information. And I think that's frustrating for moms and, and also the nurses, you know, how how do we guide these moms? Because, you know, they're reading all this information about the benefits of breast milk and the benefits of breastfeeding. But then how do we, you know, weigh the risks of marijuana with the benefits of breastfeeding? And how, how do you present that to mom? Right. That's a challenging one. And I think one of the key components where I try to step back and think about this is realizing that women don't really choose to harm their babies, right? You know, they've carried this pregnancy, they have this newborn, they love this newborn. And we know that having a baby, as well as having a caring interaction with a healthcare provider, are really good motivators for change. So we want to reach out to these women in a non-judgmental manner, share the information, and try to guide them in making decisions that are best for both them and their babies and share the information that we have 
And one thing we can say is we don't have any data that says it's safe. We don't have any data that says it's a good choice to do or that it's a safe choice. Let's stick with safe. It's not a safe choice to do. Um, So we have to check our judgment at the door and meet these women where they are and educate and support them. Yeah, it's it's very uncertain for them because, you know, they're seeing the legalization happening in multiple states. Um, they're seeing, you know, medical marijuana use. So, you know, how, how do you, as a mom, that's a very confusing time to tease all that out, you know, and, oh, well, it's safe for, for somebody that's experiencing this, but, you know, what about me? No, Jill, you're right. Um, there is confusion among women and society in general in relationship to the legalization of marijuana, both for medicinal use and for recreational use. And I think one of the key components to remember is there really is not an indication for the medical use of marijuana during pregnancy. And so that is just a key thing for women to remember. We don't have the safety data to say it's okay to use marijuana during pregnancy. And in fact, we have more emerging data um, showing concerns about the use of marijuana and the impact on the fetus and newborn. So given these limitations, what do we know about the impacts on the fetus and the newborn of marijuana use during pregnancy? Okay, great. So I'll talk a little bit about the limitations first. So One of the struggles that we have is that we really can't have that pure randomized control trial where we say, okay, this group of women are going to use this type or strain of marijuana, and this group's going to use this strain, and then this group isn't going to use any. And it's a good thing that we can't do that because that would really go against all the ethical principles that we have of safe um, research and vulnerable uh, populations. So we don't want to have that kind of study because that would be completely unethical. But what we can do is we can get information from both maternal reporting of information, maternal toxicology reports during pregnancy, as well as um, uh, neonatal toxicology uh, reports at birth. So we can get some information and then we can follow those infants over time. And that's how we're gathering that data. The other limitation that we have is the polysubstance use that often occurs. You know, a woman might be using marijuana, but she might also be drinking some alcohol or using other substances. So that's one of the reasons it's been so hard to get good data. But we are now starting to get some really good information that has been specifically looked at and those other variables have been teased out. So we're being able to say, yes, this is an impact from the use of marijuana during pregnancy and the exposure to the fetus. And then it's now what we're seeing in the newborn. So what actually are we seeing with the effects of marijuana on these babies? So two big things that we're seeing in relationship to the fetal impact that we see in the neonatal period are lower birth weights and prematurity. So, and those have been able to be teased out and a result of marijuana use. Um, And additionally, there is some evidence that shows that babies that have been exposed to marijuana use uh, during the pregnancy can have some hyperstartal reflexes and tremors 
and interrupted sleep states and harsh cries after birth. They don't experience the true neonatal abstinence syndrome like we see in babies that were exposed to opioids, but they can be more irritable with more disrupted sleep patterns. So we know that there is a correlation between low birth weight and prematurity when mom is using marijuana, but we ha- have we studied any long-term impacts of marijuana use during pregnancy? So yes, actually, I think some of the more concerning information is coming out about the long-term um, neurodevelopmental impact on the newborn, and that's carrying on over into school-age children. We've seen neurobehavioral deficits in infants, and then in preschool children, we're seeing verbal and memory reasoning scores. And then in school-age children, we're seeing findings that include poor sustained attention, increased impulsivity and hyperactivity, impaired visual perception, visual memory and language comprehension issues, and impaired executive functioning. And also, we're seeing more depression and anxiety and even altered brain morphology in the frontal cortex. So really significant things in the school-age children. And then it's even carrying into teenagers and young adults where we're seeing deficits in executive functioning, visual, spatial, working memory, academic achievement, and increased rates of smoking and early substance use were noted So these were all studies. um, There were three really well-developed, long-term, longitudinal, prospective cohort studies. So these are infants that were identified at birth and then followed longitudinally for their developmental um, successes. So that's what's really concerning there. And then the other thing that I like to point out when we talk about this is since these are longitudinal studies, And then earlier, we talked about how the concentration of THC is becoming stronger in the marijuana over time. There's pause that potentially with the higher concentrations of THC, we may actually see more impact um, from the fetus and the newborn and on into childhood. So that's concerning, too, when we look at this information. Wow, those are such significant findings. It does really make sense when you think of the psychoactive components of marijuana that you described earlier and how when a mom uses it, how it goes to her fetus. And also, you know, when mom's pumping and using marijuana, how that travels into the breast milk. Exactly. That's the key. If we think about how it impacts us as adults and then to think about that psychoactive component on the developing fetal brain. I think that's a key component for us to remember. Yeah, and now that we're beginning to understand and research the impacts of marijuana on infant development and the effects of marijuana in breast milk, um, how do we as NICU nurses support these moms who wish to breastfeed? That's, you know, one of the questions that arise. And, you know, I know Nan with their position statement also provided a great infograph, which kind of gives us recommendations and ways that um, we can support our moms um, and help raise awareness of the risk factors of marijuana um, when pregnant and when breastfeeding. So the first recommendation from Nan is to be empowered to educate lactating moms on risks of marijuana use during lactation. What are some ways that we can do that? 
Right. So the first thing is to become educated and, you know, reading the position statement, listening to this podcast, doing your own research. Those are all ways for nurses to to become educated about the use of marijuana for moms during pregnancy and breastfeeding. And then once the nurse is educated and understands, she's going to feel that much more comfortable talking and educating the moms. And again, the key component, though, too, with that is a key component is to remember that moms rarely choose to hurt their newborns, right? So they love them and they want to do what's best. So if we approach these women, these moms, where they are and recognize the love that they're showing for their newborn and educating them about best choices, that really helps the nurse be empowered to have these therapeutic discussions, not lectures. And I think that's the key is feeling comfortable engaging in that discussion and educating the moms. So that ties in nicely to the second recommendation for, in a supportive, non-judgmental manner, advise women to abstain from marijuana use during pregnancy and lactation. Exactly. We Again, we want to be caring and, and educated in our discussions with them. But we also need to be confident in saying that there really is no known safe level of use of marijuana with pregnancy or breastfeeding. And we do know that it crosses from mom both in pregnancy and while breastfeeding into the milk. So we do have that data and we do have um, concern that it does have negative impacts. So we need to share that information in a caring manner. And like I said earlier, we know that the birth of a child as well as having a caring interaction with a healthcare provider are both significant motivators for change. So that's really our goal is to have this therapeutic educational discussion with these moms. Yeah. And I think the position statement that Nan has is is very helpful to NICU nurses because it describes in detail the effects of marijuana on these babies and and the long-term outcomes that, you know, we might not be aware of. You know, marijuana is becoming more prevalent in society um, and and being used like we discussed earlier for other medical reasons. So it's it's confusing for moms and they might not know that. Um, So it is important for us as nurses to really make sure that we're up to date with all the latest studies, the information, so we can provide that education, you know, for mom. Um, You know, does this happen, um, you know, prenatally? Are they getting information on this? I I don't know. And sometimes just when they, you know, are in the NICU with us, it might be the first time they're hearing of, you know, the impacts of marijuana on their baby. Yeah, I think it's variable. I think the comfort level of providers, both prenatally postnatally, the neonatal providers, nurses, physicians, practitioners, I think it's all evolving. And it's evolving as we gather more information and are more comfortable sharing that information. Um, I think, you know, unfortunately, our women are often getting information that they've obtained from dispensaries. Um, For instance, we recently in Colorado had a study where some pharmacy students called dispensaries and said they were pregnant and they um, were having morning sickness and they wanted to know what could be recommended for the morning sickness. So these are people 
telling the bud tenders at the dispensaries that they're pregnant. And in 80% of the times, the bud tenders were confident and comfortable enough to recommend certain strains of marijuana to use for nausea. So that really shouldn't be happening because they're (laughs) providing medical advice. And again, we know there's no known level of safe use during pregnancy um, or while breastfeeding. So we have to have the comfort level as nurses to share the scientific data that we do have and that we do know. And that goes back to increased risk for prematurity, low birth weight, and then long-term neurobehavioral deficits that are really coming out. Yeah, and I think that's the job, you know, of nurses beyond the doors of the NICU. You know, we need to educate society as a whole that, you know, the effects of marijuana, if these bud tenders in these dispensaries aren't aware of it and they're offering, you know, false medical information to these poor pregnant moms that don't even know, you know. So, you know, we all know it's been drilled in our heads that, you know, drinking and smoking is bad um, for a fetus. There's warnings everywhere, um, but we don't necessarily see any public health warnings out about marijuana and pregnancy. Um, like we did with, you know, other substances. So, you know, that's a whole, probably a whole nother podcast on how to educate society on that. But, you know, we, we need to be advocates. You know, I always talk about that in the podcast, like nurses are advocates and we have to be advocates beyond the NICU doors as well for these pregnant moms. Absolutely. You know, those are great points. We do, we need to advocate and we need to be comfortable sharing the information that we have. Um, and, you brought up a good point that I wanted to touch on is that there is good information out there about, you know, cigarette smoke during pregnancy and the use of alcohol during pregnancy. And, and in no way are we saying that they're safer than marijuana. (laughs) I don't want that to come across because um, we don't know that. I mean, we know there are significant impacts from the use of alcohol um, during pregnancy and same thing with cigarette smoke, but Marijuana is also showing to have significant impacts that we need to be aware of and educated on as well. Yeah, I, I was, you know, I have other coworkers that I work with and we're giving report on our patients and we might just say, oh yeah, mom just did some marijuana. And it's not, a, you know, when we, even when we give report amongst colleagues, we don't understand the significance of it. So I think that's, you know, very important that, you know, Nan has his position statement out um, and we're having a discussion. So, you know, hopefully we can educate ourselves. And like you said, like when we educate ourselves, we'll feel more empowered to educate the moms and and hopefully make an impact on them. Um, Which brings us to one of the other um, recommendations, which we almost talked about already is to advocate for research legislation that addresses maternal use of marijuana during lactation. Absolutely. Um, And the first step, like we said, is nurses becoming educated and comfortable and talking about this and sharing this with their patients, their family, their friends, you know, beyond the Mickey door, like you said, you know, that's key. And, And then also to participate in further education for society, further research things. And, and I like to quote, just like um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that women should be everywhere that decisions are made. I think nurses should be everywhere that healthcare policy is made. 
And that healthcare policy could be in the NICU, it could be in your community, it could be at a national level. And we need to be involved in all of that. And um, that's key because we have a lot to say and we need to not underestimate the um, importance of our role and our education and the knowledge that we have in relationship to the impact um, of the use of marijuana for our moms and babies. So with all of this education that we're receiving on the effects of marijuana on the fetus and also, you know, marijuana and breastfeeding, how do we support a mom that is continuing to use marijuana but is insisting on breastfeeding and want to use their breast milk for their babies? How do we support moms through that difficult time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think... I think the answer might differ uh, depending whether or not this is a healthy term newborn that the mom is going to go home in 24, 48 hours after birth. And, you know, the baby may have been a little low birth weight, maybe not. But um, and so she really doesn't see any impact on her newborn. And so we're talking to her and we're sharing this information. And, and she just says, you know, this really helps me for whatever reason. So I'm going to continue to use marijuana. So in that situation, it really is important that we continue to support her so that when she is breastfeeding, she's able to do that effectively. And I know that's hard for a lot of nurses and providers in general to, to really accept that because we know these negative um, outcomes that could potentially occur related to marijuana use um, while breastfeeding. But we also know the myriad of benefits that are present for breastfeeding. And so it's that balancing act of supporting and educating and doing the best we can for that newborn. And it is going to be better for her to be successful at breastfeeding than non-successful and have a baby that's dehydrated and gets into serious trouble from that standpoint. So it's, it's a challenging um, situation, but we really still should support her through that process. Then on the other hand, we may have a sick preterm neonate in the NICU, and then the providers are in the situation of making that decision. You know, do we use this breast milk for the baby, right? This mom has said that she's going to continue to use and we have a more fragile neonate, preterm, very low birth weight, perhaps. Then as a healthcare team, we have to make the decision based on the evidence that we have, how we're going to approach that situation. And that's where nurses should be part of that discussion, along with the providers. And hopefully there's a unit-based that policy that's also evidence-based that guides in making those decisions. So what if there's a situation where we have a premature low birth weight infant with a mom that does use marijuana? Um, what are some other alternatives that we can do if she's insisting that the baby receive breast milk? Yeah, that's a great question because that does happen. There are times when it's deemed um, you know, not appropriate to use maternal milk. And the recommendation at that point is to use donor milk. And when donor milk is used, it's really important that it's from a reputable milk bank that uses standard screening practices, um, screening the mom, screening the milk to make sure that, um, that it's free of um, any illicit substances. 
then there's also a big movement now on um, milk sharing where friends and family are sharing milk or individuals are buying milk off the internet. And Nan really discourages that because that doesn't provide the standards of screening um, consistent with a reputable milk bank. So milk sharing would really be discour- is really discouraged by Nan. It's Nan's hope that with these recommendations, nurses are going to feel empowered and educated to support these moms. Um, do you think you can give us some key points um, to take away and we can bring to our units? Sure. I think one of the key things is to realize that there truly is confusion out there with the legalization of marijuana in regards to its safety and that we should feel comfortable knowing that there is emerging data that shows that there really is no known safe level of marijuana use during pregnancy or when breastfeeding. We also know that Delta 9 THC is a psychoactive component of marijuana and that that crosses the placenta during pregnancy to the fetus and it crosses in the breast milk to the newborn. And the Delta 9 THC crosses and it impacts the developing fetal brain. So we also know that use during pregnancy increases the risk of prematurity and low birth weight. And it does have an increased risk for long-term neurobehavioral impacts that are negative. Long-term negative neurobehavioral impacts. Nan's hope is that through more education, nurses will increase their comfort level in discussing these findings with their moms that they work with and their family and friends beyond the NICU door, and that they'll be advocates for safe choices um, for moms with their newborns, but also that they'll do that in a very supportive and non-judgmental manner, recognizing that women really do want what's best for their newborns. Thank you, Carol, for answering so many of our questions and helping us feel more comfortable about this topic so we can help our moms. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. It was my pleasure to be here. For further references and more in-depth recommendations, head to nan.org to read the full position statement and detailed recommendations. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks for your support and letting us into your ears. Have a great day.